0: Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Natalie and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we will be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and more. We will be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Many parents wonder if they need to or should hire a helper at some point of their parenting journey. With young ones at home, having more hands around to help out can indeed be a sanity saver. But what other factors should we consider before jumping in to hire external help? And how can we also promote our children's independence while we're at it? Sometimes that tension and the tussle mounts. Then what? For today's podcast, we're privileged to have Joy on our show. Joy is a mother to three young daughters aged 7, 3 and 1. She and her husband run a creative agency together, so both work and family are intertwined tightly. Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast, Joy, and thanks for joining us in the studio today.
1: Can you share one fun fact about yourself and your family so our listeners can get to know you a bit better? Thanks for having me today. I'm a mom of three girls. The fun fact that I wanted to share is that they're all born in July. I actually have one more fun fact, which is maybe more interesting and perhaps more controversial, is that I live in a four-room flat with all three girls and my husband, but I have two helpers. So that's pretty rare, I think, in Singapore.
0: I love the introduction and I think that's what we're here to talk about a little bit more, especially when it comes to your helpers. Not one, but two. So would you be able to share what specific challenges in your life actually led you to eventually hire a helper? We'll dive into the second helper at some point, but perhaps just to share about
1: just the life situations that led up to this first born Kelsey we had to do everything ourselves so for four years because there's a four years age gap between Kelsey and Millie with Kelsey we did the grocery shopping we cooked we cleaned we did the laundry we did the dishwashing everything was done ourselves but then when we Got pregnant with Millie, we knew that in order for us to have time and energy to be present for both girls, we will need to outsource the heavy lifting of household chores to somebody else. So, in the evenings, instead of spending 30 minutes on washing and folding laundry, for example, we can spend that time reading and connecting with Kelsey and Millie instead. And that also means that, you know, Dan and I can have dates with Kelsey without compromising on the safety and the comfort of Millie because of the age difference. One would be four and the other is just an infant. You know, that was the main reason why we considered having a helper join our family. Because after four years of having Kelsey alone, we just needed the extra bandwidth to take on like having Millie as well.
0: Yeah, which is so true for many parents, I think, listening in, whereby perhaps with one, they felt like they could manage on their own, but actually with another or several others, (laughs) uh, help really is needed. So I wanted to jump in here and, and ask at this point, were there actually any initial concerns you had prior to hiring your first helper? For example, because I know some parents maybe are feeling more mindful, more careful about having a stranger in their home did you have any of such concerns?
1: Yeah definitely I think when we're thinking about helper coming to join us when Millie is born right the first thing that comes to my mind is that I'm going to be breastfeeding so it's not just welcoming a helper into your home but you're going to be having very private and tender moments with your baby there will be times where I will be topless or just because I'm feeding and like this new helper this new stranger will be in a very private space witnessing a very private moment so that was definitely one of my concerns the other would be like you're not just having the presence of a stranger but you also have to entrust your home your kids into the care of this person there's so many thoughts and so many like concerns and questions that I have when I think about having this new person join us
0: I love how you framed for us something that's maybe also articulating the reasons why parents are thinking or hesitating hiring a helper because the home is a private space and they are letting somebody else step into this space and they are maybe not even sure whether that's something that their family would be able to get used to. But now that you've kind of crossed that, you've already welcomed a helper and two actually into your home, how did you actually integrate your helpers into your living space in your daily routine? Given these concerns, what did you do that perhaps was helpful in helping them to adapt, but yet at the same time also your family to adapt to
1: them? That's a huge question. At this point, I've actually gone through three helpers already, so we've had to kind of onboard three separate helpers into our home but I must say that like at the start it wasn't easy like even for myself to you know mentally emotionally welcome this person into the privacy of my home but I think the children actually they are very very adaptable. The kids are the ones who are very welcoming in fact and when you see that as a parent if they can do it I can do it as well. I think first things first the helper has to feel safe in this new home just like a new hire at work even at our creative agency at In order for somebody to settle in and perform well at work, that person first has to feel safe in the environment. In the helper's context, this means three things. The first is that we have to ensure that the helper has connectivity. There's enough access to like Wi-Fi or data or whatever uh, means, right, for her to be connected to her friends and family. So I realized that that is one of the very important elements that need to be present in order for the helpers to settle in eventually. Yeah so definitely for our helpers like that's like one of the first things we do like they whip out their phones and then we're like okay actually do you want wi-fi feel free to use our home wi-fi. The second thing is that I realized that it's very important that I establish myself as a safe place where my helper can seek or ask questions. Initially, there will definitely be like some awkwardness because she's still trying to get used to me. There's a language barrier. I'm still trying to learn like, Who is this person? Like, what's her personality? Uh, Is she actually really shy or is she just taking time to open up to me? Like, that has to be articulated to let the helpers know that actually if you need help, you can come to me. That said, while we extend kindness and compassion, right, it's also very important when it comes to being clear about your expectations of the helper's work performance. Why we decided to get a second helper. The idea of that came when, of course, we got pregnant with our third child, Zadie. At that point of time, we had three children and our first helper, Asung, was about to go back home to Myanmar for her home leave after two years with us. So we have three girls, we have our business, and our helper was about to go home for that two to three weeks. I was actually thinking, okay, maybe I should call my confinement nanny to come back and help me for that one month. But when we were looking at the cost, the nanny was like, I uh, might as well just get a second helper because you get me for one month, right? Actually, you can get a second helper, fly her in, she can work for you for three to four months and that's around the same price. So we were like, actually, there's so much truth in that. We should consider it. At the same time, at the back of our heads, we were like, is it okay to have two helpers and live in a HDB flat? Because my understanding is that, you know, usually people with two helpers, they have much bigger homes that they need. One helper to take care of the home and then the other helper to take care of the chores and the children. But for us, we only live in a four-room HDB. Why do we need two helpers? And you know, when we shared that with our friends, we were like, this is ridiculous. Why do you need two helpers? Just deal with one, you know? And so we decided, okay, maybe let's just try and and, like work with one first but you know when Asung decided that it was time for her to go back for home leave just to see her grandma before anything happens we decided that it would be good to get a second helper in let Asung train her and then Asun can go back for home leave with peace of mind as well. I've learned that actually I need to give feedback, but give it gently and respectfully. And I also need to be very patient because sometimes like for the helpers to understand our routines, our preferences, it really takes time. And you cannot just like say it. Like it really has to be something she experiences over time. Then she comes to realize, oh, this is the reason why your family does it this way. That often means that I have to explain more than once what my requirements are, what my expectations are are the thing about giving feedback gently and respectfully right is that the kids are watching the way you treat your helper will be the way your children treat your helper so if you treat them respectfully with kindness with gentleness that's how the kids will learn to do the same When the helpers join us, one of the main things that we do is that we actually have this onboarding session. There's this Excel sheet and we call it like Intro to the Tons. So then, as the head of the household, he will actually be the one explaining our values. So two of them are like honesty and gentleness. For honesty, we just want them to be forthcoming with us. Like if for whatever reason they drop the baby, we just want to know that the baby was dropped versus us only finding out later on if the baby has vomiting or whatever. So we have this culture where we want the helpers to be honest with us and when they are we are also gentle in accepting what they share with us then the other thing would be gentleness with the children that even though it's very actually very easy right to just like pick them up and then pull them here and there you know okay time to bathe then just like drag them here okay time to eat drag them to the table but we try to our best law to be patient with the children and to be gentle with them as we you know lead them through the, the different tasks That they need to do for Dan and I we found that it's important that we explain clearly what are our priorities for most helpers there are three things that they have to do in families so it's like taking care of either the elderly or the children the cooking and the cleaning so in these three categories of children cooking and cleaning we will list our priorities for the helpers when we onboard them for us the priority would be the children and then the cooking And then the cleaning. While this sounds clear right actually you also need to explain to the helper like what that really means practically which is for example if the children are sick and they cannot go to school and you have to spend a whole day taking care of them you don't have to clean the house. That has to be articulated clearly like what is your expectation in this scenario but you also have to explain what it doesn't mean like if the children being our priority while they are our priority, that does not mean that there are three princesses waiting to be served. We want them to grow up to be women who are strong, who are like brave and who are independent. So that means that as helpers, we need them to help us when we teach them how to be independent. And that often means not doing everything for them, allowing them to do things on their own. Sometimes that takes more time, but that is the goal, that we want them to do it by themselves.
0: Wonderful. There's so much depth to what you have shared so far. Joy, I've picked up on several things. One, of course, establishing a safe space for the helpers to come into your home. But more importantly, also connectivity. And I I feel like that's something a lot of Singaporean parents perhaps actually struggle with because they fear that if I give Wi-Fi access to my helper, they might use and then abuse it by being on their phones or on their devices a little bit too much to the point where they maybe ignore or they kind of get lazy to do... Yeah, work, Percy. Yeah, and also the the fact that you know you talked about values and your family's culture and how you actually be intentional about talking to your helpers about these values. And I think that those are highly, highly valuable. So I love that you talk about your kids also wanting to grow up independent so the helpers don't do everything for them. So, Joy, earlier you mentioned that in modeling for your children, the way that you and your husband treat your helpers are actually the way that your children will treat your helper. And I'm very keen to find out a little bit more about actually what are some of the key intentional ways you role model to your kids in order for them to be encouraged to be independent.
1: What we tell the children is that the helpers are there for the children, right? The helpers are there to help you with things that you cannot do. But for things that you can do on your own, you should do them on your own. So one of the daily things that uh, we model for the children very intentionally is the moment we finish our food, we'll bring our plates to the sink. The children know that as well, that the moment they finish, even Millie, she's three. she can barely reach the counter, but she'll still bring it. And then she'll call the helpers to hand it to them. It's really in little practical ways like this. And also when I see the helpers helping the children with things that they can do, that's when I'll come in to, you know, just remind everybody that Hey, Kelsey, you can wear your socks yourself. Why don't you do it? And just to remind the helpers also, she can do it herself. So just give her another minute. She will take longer than you helping her, but just let her do it by herself. It sounds like
0: capturing very teachable moments as well, not just for your kids, but for your helper. And sometimes also for ourselves, right? As we parent, maybe a lot of the times we think that, oh, we know all of these things, but yet at the same time, these small teachable moments and role modeling always add up to how the family culture and the family life even with helpers can be. Yeah and I think that's a very holistic and a more encouraging picture (laughs) that we can all have even with helpers in the picture. So I think the last thing that I'm really keen to hear is how do you also help your helpers to feel fulfilled? as individuals or perhaps to learn new skills for themselves and I think this question is coming from the place of realizing that you also want your helpers to grow as individuals not just as someone here to do their job and then to kind of just get by with that but how do you help your helpers to feel fulfilled?
1: I think this comes a little bit also from my HR background like my first job was in HR and then eventually I moved into HR consulting and then right now at Layers I still have a big portion of work that's related to people and their development so to me growth is very very important like whoever you are wherever you're at how do you ensure that you continue to learn and grow at every stage of your life at Layers we're very big on growth and that kind of trickles down to how we manage the helpers at home that it's very important that they don't just do what they know how to do or cook the same dishes but that they are always welcome to, you know, experiment with new ingredients, try new recipes. When our second helper, Sun San joined us, that allowed us to be able to invest more time into developing and grooming Asung holistically. When Asung first joined us, she told us that she is somebody who is very active. She loves to run. So one of the first things we did for her was that we purchased a pair of running shoes for her. And then subsequently she mentioned that she actually really wants to learn how to sew. So we got a sewing machine for her. And actually now some of my clothes, she's the one who tailors them for me. Initially, when she first joined us, it didn't seem like she was that interested in cooking. But more and more, we see her interest. She started experimenting with new ingredients, new dishes, new recipes that she watched on YouTube. Then we realized that she had an interest and she probably has a natural gifting for cooking. So we started sending her for cooking classes in the evenings. When we think about our helpers, they are in their early 20s. And what I like to tell my helpers is that, you know, you help me take care of my children and I help your mother take care of you. And one of the ways that we take care of our helpers is not just seeing them as our helpers, But understanding who they are, what their strengths and weaknesses are, what are their dreams and ambitions? What do they want to do beyond this period of life when they are our helpers? I've come to realize also in the past two and a half years working with Asung that actually she also has dreams and ambitions of one day working in Japan. So beyond, you know, learning her English and Chinese in Singapore, she's actually also going to be signing up for... Japanese classes next year. Yeah, and because we have that relationship, right, she can be very open with me about what she wants to learn. And I can also be very open with her about my challenges. So for example, she'll say, is it okay for me to have classes in the evenings at around nine? And I'll tell her that during this period, I've observed that the kids sleep around 10. So at 9 PM, right, it's actually the peak hour of our evenings. And unfortunately, for this period of our lives, I cannot release you to take lessons at 9 p.m. But if we extrapolate this a bit further, when you know Kelsey goes to primary one, she's gonna have to sleep a lot earlier. I can potentially see the whole family going to bed at around 9. And that frees you up to go for your online classes, to pick up new languages, etc. So we can have this very open conversation about what she desires to learn. And for me, I can be very open with her and transparent about like the practicality of that.
0: What I'm hearing is that in order for us as employers to help our helpers feel fulfilled, it actually does require open conversations open communication open understanding of expectations and it does take in that sense a much bigger and wider perspective and i love that about what you're sharing and of course right now i'm incredibly thankful for what we've gotten to hear as part of your family life but i think one final thing that i have picked out from everything that you've shared so far is just a human approach you've taken with your helpers just in recognizing that they too are humans and growth is and should be a big part of any helper's journey. And I believe that our listeners are also gleaning from the experiences that you have. And so as we wrap up today's episode, would you have any just last words of encouragement or perhaps even a practical tip that you would like to leave for our listeners?
1: I want to say that if you are parents of a single child, try to do it yourself. That's actually really good practice. It will expand your bandwidth, it will teach you how to multitask, it will deepen your bond with your child. So if you only have one child, try your best not to get a helper so early on unless you absolutely have to. If you have more than one child and you don't have the family support that's required, then I would say that having a helper often empowers you to be a better parent, to be a better spouse, or to be a better, you know, colleague. Just simply because you are rested, you have time to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. That's Very wise advice. And for those tuning in, we
0: hope that you have benefited from joy sharing in this podcast. For more parenting resources, do visit our website at family.org.sg or share this podcast with a friend or parent who may benefit from today's episode. Do keep tuning in to the Parent Ed podcast to learn and grow in your parenting journey. Until next time, have a great week with your family.